You are a professional, highly accomplished, well-respected and sought after to undertake projects. People look up to you, seek you out to learn your insights on all sorts of matters. You are a rising star, a legend in the making. But it's all a facade. You have nothing, you do very little, you are a fraud and a braggart. This is the case of Jose Luis Calva Zepeda and this is Murder Me on Monday. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Murder Me Monday podcast. I'm Cameron and joined with me is Mother. Hello. So we didn't get called a skinny, weird, smelly weirdo at the start. It was a good one. <laughs> like, you're amazing. You're good. You're tall. You're handsome. Psych. So our past three podcasts have been necrophilia. Yours. Pedophilia and now cannibalism. We've hit yes. some sort of trifecta. So if you would, tell us. Yes, he's probably a serial killer too. Well, we covered cannibalism before, but... This is one case that rarely gets remembered due to different language and the location. I found one recent podcast and one YouTube, but no books or documentaries. One of the reasons we don't tend to do cases outside of the English-speaking press is the quality of the reporting and translation. It's very, very hard to confirm details, and some of the language is rather flowery and romanticised. And trust me, this case is not romantic in the slightest. Then you struggle with English names, never mind when they've got a slight accent. Yes, very much so. The research had me back and forth with translation websites and the pronunciation websites and cross-tracking of information. It, It had me dizzy at the end of it all. I'm still not convinced on some of the details, but I will link everything that I found and you can be the judge of it should you wish. I will also link photographs of the crime scene and autopsy. I suggest unless you've got a very strong stomach and not using a shared or work computer or phone, you may not wish to view. The photographs from episode 23 of Gabriel Kuhn was bad enough, but in many ways these are worse. And after looking at them again, once you you get your your initial shock out of the way and you go back and actually analyse them, I'm not 100% sure that what's being portrayed, every single source for the information of this case said the same thing. But the photographs tell a different story. I'll talk to that at the end. We only know of one confirmed victim, another he would have been charged with the murder of if things have turned out differently, and a suspicion of at least one more murder that can possibly be connected back to him. But bearing in mind where this all takes place, there very well could actually be dozens of cases he was responsible for. So, let us begin. Mexico City, official population just over 9 million. Unofficially, it's 22 million. It's the largest Spanish-speaking city in the world. 20th of June, 1969, Jose Luis Calva Cepeda was born. One of five children. Where he fell in that line, I don't know. His father died when he was two years old. There are multiple reports of a poor relationship with his mother. Accusations that she was very physically abusive, frequently beating him, and he had a revolving door of, um, shall we say, uncles. He may or may not have been kicked out at home at 12 years old. We're not really sure on that one. But all the tales come from him. The rest of the family will not talk. There are also reports, again from him, that he was seriously sexually assaulted when he was seven years old by a 16-year-old friend of his brother. Again, coming from him, no way to prove it either way. Apparently, there is a passing line that he started working as a clown alongside his brother-in-law, who was a magician. He did manage to get married in 1996 at the age of 27 and went on to have two children. 
That marriage was over and done with within five years and in 2001 they divorced and she took the children and went to the USA. The reason for the divorce may have had something to do with the fact that he was a raging alcoholic by that point. The cocaine use may have begun before the divorce, but it was certainly there after the divorce. And it said he sunk into a depression. Now, a divorce can do that to anyone, but his substance abuse would have made his mental state much, much worse. I found a mention of another marriage. No dates, just a name. She too left him. He had an apartment. It wasn't high-end at all, a fourth floor flat that the pictures show to be quite grubby and dingy. He obviously didn't have a proper job as he had to get a friend to co-sign his lease for him. So how did he pay the bills? No mention anywhere of any higher education, but he aspired to be a writer. He wrote screenplays. He wrote a book, even photoshopping his face onto a picture of Silence of the Lambs poster so his face was in place of Sir Anthony Hopkins as a cover for his book. He also was a reporter, an actor, a director and a singer. Quite the all-round entertainer, wasn't he? Very, very accomplished. Yet, there are never any screen credits that anyone has ever found or newspaper bylines and the only way he was published was by himself photocopying badly written poetry into pamphlets or semi-bound books and selling them in the local street markets. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but street markets are not really the place one would go looking for self-published writers' works now, is it? And if he was so accomplished, why was he reduced to hawking his tat around the markets? I've no idea how he made his money to fund his lifestyle, but he managed it somehow. And he had a string of girlfriends after his divorce, probably one or two, who also used to hawk his poetry to try and raise a few pesos. The time frame we are now in is 2007. It's fair to say by the age of 38, he wasn't a bad-looking fella. Salt and pepper hair, slightly chiselled look about him that could have translated to a screen. And I should imagine that the women he targeted as girlfriend material very probably swept off their feet by him. Many describe him as charismatic, showering them with flowers and poetry and various gifts. Most of his girlfriend's female relatives couldn't stand him. They saw right through him and described him as a braggart, boastful with nothing to back it up and very, very vain. He certainly didn't have any, have any trappings of wealth and his clothing was described as poor quality. Yet according to him, his poetry brought in $200 a day. So allowing for a five-day week, 48 weeks a year, allowing for holidays, etc., he would have been pulling in about $48,000 per annum, wouldn't he? So the Mexican average salary in 2007 was 17, sorry, 48,000 $48, dollars, not pounds. And the Mexican average salary in 2007 was 17,000 dollars. So if his boasts were right, he would have been very, very wealthy, wouldn't he? Hmm. He had a particular fondness for pharmacy assistants, dating a number of them over the years. Unnamed or accredited experts later theorised that he targeted these women as being able to get access to clonazepam, an anti-seizure medication also used to treat anxieties. Authorities think that he aimed for these girls because they were easily impressed by him because he, he had that air about him. There are reports that he was very high-handed with his girlfriends, speaking to them like they were subservient to him, such things as who said you could speak when they were in company with his friends and things. His friends didn't like the way he was dealing with these women. He starts dating another 
I'd say impressionable 32-year-old single mother of two who worked in a pharmacy, also called, yep, Alejandra. She took him home to meet Mama, who, should we say, was less than impressed with her daughter's new beau. Alejandra was good at her job and well-liked. Her place of employment was close to Jose Luis's apartment and he could keep an eye on her, which, being the power and control freak he seemed to be, worked well for him. He was often in and out of the store. But Alejandra wanted to move stores to one closer to her mother. I'm suspecting it was something to do with childcare. Or maybe even to get away from Jose Luis a bit, as he didn't take this move well. He kept threatening to kill himself if she split with him. He could, could only be doing that as a loss of power and control over her. Yeah. So on the 5th of October, just a month after Mama had met Jose Luis and loathed him, Alejandra didn't turn up for a shift at work. Not like her. The shop probably contacted her mother because on the 6th of October, which was a Saturday, her mother goes to her daughter's apartment and there's no answer. She knows where Jose Luis lives, so she goes there. Again, there's no answer at his door. She asks the neighbours who tell her that they'd seen him and a woman that sounded like the description of her daughter going into the apartment in the afternoon of the Friday, but nothing since. Mama hotfoots it off to the police, who are seemingly interested enough to go to Jose Luis's apartment in the early hours of Monday, October the 8th. He lets them in and lets them search. Probably couldn't have stopped them, to be honest. Not the same lingual systems as we're used to. But they wish they hadn't asked, because when they find a bedroom cupboard is Alejandra's body without the right forearm and the right leg below the knee. They're not missing as such as some of the limbs were on plates in the fridge. They also found a cereal box and tucked inside that was a bone covered in tissue that appeared to have been cooked. They speculated fried. On the kitchen table, they found a plate with cooked meat and a frying pan. <laughs> Sorry, don't make me laugh. I'm just, uh, <laughs> I'm listening. I'm, I'm writing stuff down as you're talking. I'm like, yeah, yeah. They suspected fried. I don't know why that, that made me laugh. You're not supposed to laugh at stuff like that. It's like if a baby falls over. It's kind of funny, but you shouldn't laugh. Carry on. I, I think it shocked some of it. <laughs> I once saw a kid fall over at McDonald's and he fell over on his stomach and then bounced onto his back and that just fucking got me. And that reminds <laughs> I don't know why. That... Yeah, okay, sorry. And I bet Carry he wasn't on. hurt in the slightest either. I don't remember, but it was funny. So on the kitchen table, they find a plate with cooked meat and a frying pan nearby with obvious fat from cooking in it on the top of the stove. There is mention of lemon or lime being found there that had been used over the meat, and I thought that's probably to tenderise it. They find porn, sadomasochistic porn, of course they do, along with some horror films and the inevitable Silence of the Lambs film, along with another unfinished book he was writing, titled Institonos Cannibales, or 12 Dias, so which means apparently Cannibal Instincts, or 12 Days. He is interrogated there and then. The obvious assumption was that he'd murdered her and then at least eaten part of his girlfriend. He denies it and said her death was an accident. They were arguing and somehow she ended up dead. He panicked and decided the best way to get rid of her was to chop her up and cook it so he could feed it to the stray dogs that roamed in the area. Why did he season it? Why did he put some paprika and peri-peri sauce on it? If he's, if he's going to feed it exactly. to the dogs, you don't need to season it. It's fucking lemon and stuff. Yeah. He's got lemon and lime from Nando's. Yeah, exactly. You hit the nail on the head. So the police are chatting to him, probably not very nicely, and he promptly dives straight out of the window and over the balcony, four stories up. 
Somehow, he survives that little escapade. Nothing quite says guilty like trying to kill yourself when talking to the police, like John scripts at the airport in Singapore when he breaks a window and tries to slit his wrist with the glass. There are pictures out there where they're treating him after they obviously dash downstairs, expecting him to be splattered all over the pavement. How he survived, I don't know. It looks from the pictures like he landed on the top of his head. He should have been dead. They cart him off to hospital, then off to jail. He gets charged with the murder and abuse of a corpse, is arraigned and refuses to plead at the time. Said he couldn't get his thoughts together, even though he admitted to the police at his department that they or he were drunk and drugged up and it was an accident, so not guilty, right? Police believe that he used shoelaces they found in the apartment. Again, there's probably trace elements of epithelials on them, so to be certain. And the autopsy proved that she'd been strangled. Someone doesn't go from 0 to 100, from killing someone to dismemberment and cooking someone. So could he have done it before? People yeah. do often make pretty big leaps, though. True, but... It's, it's usually uh, robbery. Someone was there to murder, then trying to hide it, doesn't it? It, make, it makes those incremental leaps. But to go from nothing to murder to then eating someone, that's usually an atypical leap. That yeah. wouldn't be my thing. It's, hmm, let's get rid of the body. Let's eat them. Mm-hmm. Or feed them to the dogs, which is what he said, but obviously didn't. Yeah. So, you see, the police find an old case from 2004, so three years before this. It also had another girlfriend called Veronica go missing. Police talk to her family, friends and co-workers, one of which is a chap called Juan Carlos, and he had quite a lot to tell the police at the time. According to him, he was Jose Luis's lover, and he couldn't possibly have done it. Jose Luis was not impressed with his declaration, denied it along with the denying he had anything to do with Veronica's disappearance. Strangely enough, her severed head and mutilated body were found in two cardboard boxes in a working class suburb of Mexico City not long after, after going missing. And the autopsy again showed she'd been strangled. But of course, Jose Luis had nothing to do with it. Just like he also had nothing to do with a sex worker going missing in April of 2007, just six months earlier, whose body had also turned up inside a suitcase, also partially dismembered and dumped not far from his apartment. I believe there's a report that that body was missing its hands and feet, but it's almost impossible to tell if what they meant was that one or the one from 2004, by the way it was written. We know one of them was probably missing hands and feet. Sadly, we know nothing except a street name, La Jarota. And the only translation of the meaning of that I can find is it comes from her being a native of Veracruz or refers to a type of street music, sort of a wandering minstrel. And I, then I ended up with gypsies, tramps and thieves from Cher going through my head when I was doing that one. Police are, by this time, side-eyeing Jose Luis and Juan Carlos and probably arrest him too as an accomplice at the very least and probably a co-conspirator. One witness, whose name was withheld, told prosecutors that the Jose Luis was fascinated by animal porn, witchcraft and the explicit and sadistic novel 120 Days of so Sodom. No, I didn't look that one up. I wasn't going there. Isn't that the tale from the Bible of Sodom and Gomorrah? I've no... Oh, oh, wait. No, I think it's actually one of those... Um one of those movies that have been originally banned in a lot of places. I think there's Hannibal, there's, there's Cannibal Holocaust though, um, the 28 Days of Sodom or whatever, and there's something else. It's where they're not sure if it's a, if it's real or faked. It's not or, it, yeah. it, I mean, it clearly is. It clearly is faked. But it was back in the day when that wasn't. 
I mean, you know that found footage like Blair Witch Project and Paranormal Activity? Yeah. Where people, oh, it's meant to be real. And I think back then they were like, oh, we don't actually know. So we're just going to say it's fucking banned or it's too it's too graphic to be shown. Like, I think even... Um, so The Exorcist, I think that was banned in a few places. Ch- Texas Chainsaw Mass- Massacre was the only one I remember being banned. No, no, no but um, The Exorcist was banned for being was too... It? Yeah, from quite a lot of theatres, I think. Because people being sick and having to leave yeah. or whatever. But you look back at it now, you're like, it's pretty tame. That's because I was like... It, I don't know, it still has me... I don't think it's as bad as people made out. But I think I think that 28 Days of Sodom, I think that was one of the movies. That yeah, well. I'll, I'll take your word on it. I know you, you watch horror, I, that's not something that appeals to me. Bearing in mind, I've watched autopsies, but that's beside the point. So the press immediately dub him the cannibal poet. Took a lot of thought went into that one, didn't it? Jose Luis is not having much fun in jail. His lawyer says he's fine, just concentrating on writing a book for when he gets out. And he'll be a millionaire next year, won't he? Well, he didn't actually say that, but that's the inference. But the lawyer also said that Jose Luis had killed Alejandra because he was high on cocaine. He didn't eat her. He just cut her body up. I'm guessing he would go for whatever the equivalent of manslaughter would have been in that case for the charges. But interestingly, none of Jose Luis's family visited him in the hospital, nor in prison. Not really surprisingly, with what we know the relationship seems to have been. Apparently, there were other prisoners were threatening him. And he was in a prison, I'm not even going to try and pronounce it, in Mexico City with 10,000 inmates who were allegedly attempting to extort money from him. Jose Luis had a cell to himself, but still apparently had some contact with other inmates, and he was supposed to have been under 24-hour watch. On December the 11th, 2007, Jose Luis was found dead in his cell, hanged with a belt. His death was ruled a suicide. Yet, according to one report, the autopsy showed he had been raped and beaten up. No corroboration on that one either that I can find. However, the corrections department denied Jose Luis had been threatened or beaten by other inmates. It said he could not have been murdered because he had reinforced his lock, his locked cell door with wire and shoelaces tied from the inside. And I'm left thinking, why has he still got shoelaces and where did he get the wire from? But I don't know. I'm pretty sure the safeguarding procedures they've got in some Mexican... Not prison, really there, probably not up to par from the rest of the world. Mm. Some random little prison. So there's been suspicions that the cannibal poet was murdered by fellow prisoners and or prison authorities. Jose Luis's sister and a former girlfriend are claiming that there was foul play. That was back at the time. This was denied by the prison. But two days later, the director of the prison was relieved of his post and replaced by a more qualified person. It turned out that the prison director, Ongols Lopez, wasn't even qualified for the post, being an actor and a singer. I wonder if he knew him. The director's principal emphasis at the prison was having prisoners rehearse to perform plays. That's a good activity to keep inmates occupied. But the principal responsibility of a prison administration should be security. And he was then replaced with an actual qualifier with director. Jose Luis's body. In his pockets, there were notes that he had written to his mother. Are we just going to gloss over how fucking mental that is? That you had this singer, songwriter, actor guy in charge of a prison making inmates sing and perform for him. And we're just going to gloss over that and act like that's not something from a movie. Well, I, 
it was one of those things that I didn't actually register that until I read it again just then. And I thought... Imagine if in the UK they're like, you've got to do Oliver Twist in yeah. prison. You'd be like, what? I, I've murdered eight people. Why, am I got, why have I got to ask some more food, fella? Like, nah, that's weird. So you can maybe understand why his family think he was taken out? Yeah, because he didn't do the two-step properly. <laughs> so he got his head caved in. Uh, Jose Luis's body. In his pockets, there were notes that he'd written to his mother, the one that had been abusive and described as almost abandoning him at age seven. He had apparently written that he found himself surrounded and he took the easy way out. It would be easier to start a new life from death. That's what he'd written. He would look for his mother in another dimension because without a mother, there is no origin, he said in one of the messages. And in the second one, he said... I don't know what happened to my life, but I lost my way. I lost all I had and was to have. I let go of your words of love and yet more. Of all the sleepless nights you spent caring for my soul. While you were crying, I callously would just shut up. Your advice no longer mattered. I was invincible and unaware. I surrounded myself with strangers who only fed my being. And it went on and on and on like that. It's just drivel. Absolute drivel. There was mention in the articles that he was suspected of anywhere between eight or even ten more cases, but I couldn't find any corroboration of that. Plus, someone had an article with a YouTube link in it to a video where they claimed that it showed Alejandra was alive when he started to dismember her. Funnily enough, that video is actually also gone. It's just not there. So what are your thoughts on this one, Cameron? It's a bit of a... Okay, if he did do it, which he basically did, it's all what confirmed. He did it to give fuel for a book, probably. Or yeah. Because, or, or because he was so invested or interested in The Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Han- Hannibal the Cannibal. Yeah. Probably tied into that. Romanticised it. Wanted to do something similar. Some sort of literal uh, experience that he could then write about. Talking about cannibals and on YouTube, etc. There's an interview by the doc- by Vice... It's not so much uh, a documentary. It's, yeah. it's more of an interview with um, Sagawa Issei. Issei. It's, yeah. it's in Japan, so the names are backwards, and I don't know what way around it is. So I'm going to go with Sagawa Issei, who ate his classmate. And then I think he went to prison, then he got released, etc. And then they... So, so obviously it's hugely demonised, but he's he did an interview. It's quite interesting. And he's a really weird fucking little man. He's a little man with big, big horned glasses, and he's just weird. His mannerisms are weird. And obviously he is because he ate someone. I've read about him. I think he does um, like tours and does talks. I know, he, I know he does art or something. And, and he, people he are genuinely doesn't in... see what he did as wrong, I don't believe. It's the one I'm thinking of. It's the way he described trying to eat her butt cheek. You know, it was like it was, it was too like, thick or fatty and he struggled to eat it. And I'm like, well, yeah, because you went for a fatty <laughs> part of the body. What are you doing, you fucking weirdo? I know. I, I know. For some reason, I, t- I had to go into like, some weird sort of sciencey part about the stuff because for me, I'm not all interesting, but yep. give that information. Most people, you shouldn't eat people because something called fucking prions, which well, exists right. in the brain. There's these like, really weird, misshapen, fucky bits of protein that when you eat them, they essentially get into you, get into your brain, and make spongy little holes. You're not meant to eat people. So like Kreutzfeldt-Jakob's disease. Yeah, a mad cow disease. Yeah, this yeah. Is literally what it is. We've discussed it before, but that's, yeah. it's one. It's one of the reasons why you definitely fucking shouldn't do it because you can. If you consume some of the human's blood, you can get their blood-borne diseases. If yeah. you eat an animal, usually it's with the animal, they're not com- they're not compatible with humans, etc. And over. and they are farmed animals and been given all the stuff so they don't have it. And then, but when you eat the person, they can have it. Uh, and in like the Western world, it's probably 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 happens everywhere. 
we do partake in some form of acceptable cannibalism. Now I'm going to wait a second, see if anyone can actually think out what it is. And I'm not talking about eating like, you know, you know when you bite the, the side of your nails? I'm, I'm not talking about that. Some people like nibble on the side of their, their, their the finger, skin, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. So it's placentophagy. Some people like to eat the placenta. I know you can send it off to a company and they produce them into these weird little pills that you can take. Yeah, and you could do smoothies and Ooh, this, uh, just, uh, just movie bit sound gross. That's like blending tuna, wouldn't it? Oh, that? That'd be fucking oh. grim. Yeah, it's meant to stop like postpartum depression and stuff. But I don't know, don't actually know how true it is. But I know it's because it's meant to help with like hormonal balance. Because I know animals do it, and and if animals do it, there is a reason usually for it. And it's the same way that if a if a pack of animals take down a kill, they go for the liver first because it's the most nutritious thing. Animals eat it, so there might be like. A reason for Are it. animals doing it to clear up the evidence of a birth so they can get uh, away faster? Be, be to, if they're doing that, they'd be able to smell all the other stuff on the floor, wouldn't they? Yeah. We'd sort of give it away a bit there. Those, those are my bits. I, th- I think he killed us uh, for fuel for a book, personally. And I definitely think there are more out there. But be- if you've got a population of 22 million, but only recorded 9 million, people will go missing all the time and you just never know unless... A friend notices a random street person they wouldn't notice but he was definitely not his mother there's say there's there's a number of things that are written about that and it was quite difficult to pull them out there's a mention of when he was about six years old and he'd walked into a room where his mother and his older sister were, pe- were preparing some kind of a display for some religious celebration and there were gifts out and he spotted what was labelled up as his gift and his mother absolutely lost it, picked it up and smashed it to bits, which I thought was really odd. He got upset. If it, were, if it was some specific religious ceremony, then I can see why she'd get annoyed. Obviously, disproportionate reaction. Because if you meant to, meant to, it's like opening a present for Christmas, your parents will get annoyed if you'd done that. But again, it's a disproportionate reaction. Well, it's what happened afterwards. He goes out, he's like a six-year-old kid, but it's where where they're at he goes out and he's i believe it was shoe shining so he's a little kid going around trying to make some money to i think it was a toy truck of some description and he's shining shoes to make enough money to go and buy himself another one to replace the gift that mother found you know smashed he goes home with it his mother sees it, asks him where he gets it from. He explains what he's done, where he got the money from and what it was for. Shakes that one off him and smashes that one up as well. She assumed he nicked it. If, if that's a true story, she assumed he stole it. I would have. What, what six-year-old child is going to get enough money to shoeshine? Who's going to want their shoeshine by a six-year-old kid in Mexico City? He nicked, you'd, you'd, if I come home with a toy, you'd be like, you've, got, you've nicked that. Where did you get that from? Yeah. It's, yeah, his family would not... They were not uh, engaged at all with going to see him. They did. They basically disowned him, except that one sister, who apparently does think that he was offed is a better way of putting it. But I, I tried. I couldn't get the most of it was in Spanish. I couldn't get it translated. I struggled with this one, but it was. I just thought it was interesting. He often didn't use. I believe Calva was his father's name and Zepeda was his mother's name. And he often dropped the Zepeda part and only used the Calva part of his name. And that's so... I'm not sure if it's common in those cultures to have the no. double-barreled surname. So you'd, so it could be like, his name was um, Jose Luis and then his mother's was Calva and his dad was Zepeda. Whatever way around you said it. Yeah. So I'm not sure if that's super common. Uh, one thing, how can you target pharmacists? 
Because uh, I, know, I know it's Mexico City, so it's fairly large. You can get about a bit quite easily. But how the fuck can you target a pharmacist? Same as saying I target the checkout people in Tesco. So after about three of them, they go, no, you've dated everyone and you're a weirdo. And there's not that many Tesco's around there. I don't understand how you can do that. And did he target those? Because they, you said he'd get access to anti-seizure medication for yeah. whatever reason. It's anti-anxiety. Well, it's anti-anxiety. It's anxiety, but yeah. yeah. It, is that where he got his money from? Was from these like okay. people funneling him this stuff and then sell i don't i don't know why i don't know why he specifically target a pharmacist i don't i don't think there's anything intrinsic for pharmacists that would make them susceptible to white weird coats maybe he had a kink for pharmacists there were pharmacist assistants they weren't medically you know yeah, yeah not, not pharmacists yeah pharmacists. but they might have had to have worn one of the white well, they've got access to drugs again that's what i assume it is yeah it could it exactly could have been that they wouldn't until it had gone to trial we probably actually wouldn't have known they wouldn't have revealed what the full ins and outs were. So, yeah, I mean, there's no way in hell was he getting $200 a day from selling his absolutely bloody appalling poetry. So, yeah, you could be right. It probably was drugs of some description. There probably was an awful lot more in it. The boyfriend that said he wasn't a boyfriend was arrested by the police. But again, a search of what happened to him, I've got no idea. I don't know if they were able to charge him, if he was let go. It's Juan Carlos, incredibly common name, and he just probably just went puffed and just vanished as well. I no I clue clue. I don't think you can say he went puffed when he was gay, mother. I meant as in a cloud of smoke. <laughs> oh! <coughs> and I think on that note, we're going to end the podcast. It's been a short one today, but I've been moaned at for not doing enough uh, call to action. So if you like the podcast, like, favorite, subscribe, post some good shit. We might, I might bully your review on Instagram at some point if I see and it. Thank you for those that have. Uh, centers reviews sometimes it can go up on various platforms sometimes we get emails oh and we've also had some really interesting stuff that's come through we talked about scams on uh, social media and how many uh, scam emails we get and th- th- some of the rubbish that come through there's 22 in the last week 10 of them were norton invoices renewed we renewed our subscription to norton i haven't had norton since the 1990s so that was quite interesting people have been sending me pictures of their romance scams um one of them was a sergeant in well he didn't actually say where he was he was just a sergeant i'd really like to talk the only like junk mail ones that i get are ones that like, most men would then fall for it's usually because they're overweight or they're losing hair i don't have a problem with hair loss i know about hair loss already and i'm diced out of my tree so i don't, I don't need any like weird supplement to lose body fat i'm already there fella i don't need it so they're wasting their time i've been getting viagra for the last 20 years um, more recently, it's funeral plans, which is really disturbing. I, I get ones that are like, are you struggling to have a shit? And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to just, yeah, okay. Or Jeremy Clarkson's got weird Bitcoin connects. And I'm like, why is this a thing? The, yeah, there was somebody that was always doing the Bitcoin ones. They drive me around the bend, but I can't remember which ones those were. But thank you to everybody that sent us those. It's been quite a bit of fun reading through them this week. And it's much appreciated that you're actually engaging with us. So finally... The victims who should not be forgotten. Alejandra Galina, age 32. Veronica Carisubias and La Roca. That's the end of the podcast. Thank you very much for listening. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Murder Me Monday Podcast and email us at murdermepodcast at gmail.com. What? I just remembered. I was talking about the pictures from the autopsy. Yeah. Yeah, we can carry on. When you look at these pictures, it actually shows the body you've got the torso you've got the upper arms are still attached the lower forearms have been removed and the legs have been removed from mid thigh and they are both still there 
So where he took the meat from, I don't know. And it's definitely Alejandra's body because they do zoom in on the face. There's other pictures out there that are obviously the ones from one of the boxes. And that looks like, it's quite revolting. It looks like a carcass from um, a slaughterhouse that you would see. And they've obviously pulled out some internal organs to show them to the camera. And reading through some of the forums that I read through, the inference was that they believed she was probably pregnant at the time. Oh. So, yeah. So, yeah, if you do go into those pictures, make sure you haven't eaten before you do. So again, thank you for listening. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Murder Me Monday Podcast and the email is at murderme, murderme Monday Podcast at gmail.com. Much love. Peace. Bye. Bye.